What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muxbound. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Muckspout. Um, this week I have Chuck Pino joining me in place of Ben and John. So. Yeah, and I'm really disappointed by the way that my fucking mug wasn't on the opening video. Like you're you're better than that, man. <laughs> I, this all came together pretty quick. I'm not that. Good. <laughs> and our uh, our guest this week is Rob Kellenberger. Um, you. you might know him from such bands as. Most recently, probably Colossal, Rapids, um, but Tuesday and Slapstick are uh, two that probably you're best known for, would you say? Uh, I mean, I think Colossal is probably the most. Plus, I'm, just yeah. I'm just kidding. Everybody else. Uh, yeah, probably Slapstick <laughs> is probably, or Duval or the Popes. Yeah. Cool. So um, welcome, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I've known Rob for probably 20 something years. That time went really fast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just, uh, met you at some shows and then you seem uh, to always go to the same shows that I went to. So we'd always see each other there, but you yeah. were drumming for, uh, Mike Felonley, maybe you jumped in his band, right? Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> <Or> Duval. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to hear Rob say no. no? <laughs> like, uh, no, dude. I think I love uh, the panic on Eric's face. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to think who who else drummed for Mike. I can't think of anybody else. So I think it might have just been you. <clears throat> who else could uh, though? I don't. I don't know. To be honest, I, as soon as I'm out of the picture, I'm like, bye. <laughs> so we talked a little bit before um, before the show about uh, your metal roots, as it were. Um, I know you had been in a metal band before you got into the punk indie scene. So not, not so much. I mean, we, we thought we were metal. We listened to a lot of black Sabbath and stuff like that. But um, then when we tried to play it, we realized we were not that good. So we played a ton of cover songs and then uh, way, way later, uh, Josh, who was in that Josh Trevino, who was in that band with me, we uh, got together, put together Lord, which is one of my favorite bands I played in. Is it? Yeah, uh, super, super fun. It's uh, I always try to play with as many different styles as I can, um, and that was one that I had never done before. And as soon as I started playing, I realized I couldn't do like double bass drum pedal and all that stuff. So I just like basically started playing as slow as I could. <laughs> it was super fun. Oh, just super slow metal. That was great. But actually, um, doing uh, Black Sabbath stuff, that's not a, a bad... They didn't do a lot of double bass and whatnot. You could just enjoy the really doomy stuff, you know? Maybe right, even yeah. like uh, 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 typo negative and shit like that. <laughs> right. 
I think it was just by default. That's how it turned out just because I, that's all I could play. So I was like, all right, this is the style of metal I play. <laughs> that's all. Is, um, is that stuff on Spotify now or anything? Um, well, our first EP is on Asian man. So oh, okay. you can, you can buy it. Uh, actually, I think he, it sold so poorly that he sent me all of the CDs. So I don't think you can even order it from Asian man anymore. But if you want a copy, just uh, um, get a hold of Eric, and I will send him a copy. You can have it for free. <laughs> I would love to check that out. Cool. It's w- worth the price. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to pay shipping. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I'm, <down. laughs> I'm probably in your area enough that I could probably grab something from you. That's right. Well, so, I mean, I was all excited about the metal aspect, but obviously that's not near as, as much as, as I had been informed. So as someone who doesn't, like I haven't, (laughs) I I did uh, go quickly beforehand and listen to some of your tracks and whatnot. I do, do enjoy your drums. It, it's not, you know, like punk drumming can become fairly simple, just, you know, really quick uh, blasts, uh, so to speak, or just, you know snare and and um a high hat sort of thing so and you're not that you've got a lot more to that from what i could hear a lot of like play with fills and such um what uh what styles or what um bands do you think really have kind of played into the sort of music that you enjoy playing especially as a drummer so like early on um i just i barely could play drums i listened to a ton of like acdc just to kind of figure out how to play. And then I just, I felt like he was just super solid. So then I, I just kind of picked up on that. And then I think I listened to a ton of rush when I was in like seventh and eighth grade and uh, Neil Peart's like, he, he would just accent everything. So then I kind of picked up some of that. And then I just, as I started uh, listening to punk rock music, I listened to a lot of Green Day and Jawbreaker and stuff like that. And uh, so pretty much a combination of all that stuff. Mike Fellamley, of course, comes into play because I love the Pope so much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just basically, I mean, I don't I don't really know where you guys got that. I was, like, really into metal early on. I did. I, I had heard that you had done some, you had played some metal. And so, but then. Yeah. I was curious about how you transitioned from that to ska. Um, I mean, it was just uh, so we I listened to like in um, in my freshman year of high school, uh, one of my friends introduced me to uh, Green Day and then just listening to lookout bands and stuff. I uh, we stumbled upon Operation Ivy. And then uh, from there, I listened to started listening to like bands like that. there was a that California Skyquake compilation that like Skank and Pickle was on and a whole bunch of like California ska bands that I loved and then like the Boston's and stuff like that. So but yeah. And then um Mike Park and he's he's a big ska guy too, right? Yeah. You probably weren't you probably weren't close with him by then. <clears throat> you do have quite a you've put out a lot of releases with Asian Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I counted one time like how many releases I've played on, including mm-hmm. compilations on Asian Man. It was something like in the twenties, some something like that, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, look out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, okay, so as a drummer, to, to go into that a little bit, I was thinking about it. What would you say is the most underappreciated uh, part of the kit um, for especially punk drummers? Uh, like a cowbell, probably. <laughs> so you think you think more cowbell is needed in yeah. punk? Yeah. <laughs> I feel you uh, there. That's a, that's a super weird question. Um, I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. I don't even know. Like maybe uh, the rack tom. Okay. You, you get a well, maybe not underappreciated, but the least used. Underutilized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean everything. I try to play everything. And speaking of play everything, do you play anything else? Um, not really. I mean, it's it's weird because I've played in so many bands for so long, and I at this point I. Like I'm just playing drums. Like I'm not even thinking about what I'm playing usually. Mm -hmm. so I'm watching the other people play. So I've picked up like a general knowledge of like pretty much bass and guitar. Mm -hmm. I suck at it, but I can, I bet you if I spent maybe like a couple months playing with somebody, I could fool you enough to make you think I could play it. <laughs> guitar, bass. So what was in the water in Elgin, like in the mid nineties, the Elgin area, like there was a lot of bands popping up like that were amazing. And a lot of them spawned right from slapstick and Tuesday, like that family tree is crazy in that area. Yeah. So, I mean, it was more the, the, the guys who were like maybe five, six years older than us. Um, they started like playing, all the time and they created this like really small like scene playing at like uh people's houses and uh like vfws and stuff like that and then um uh brian peterson who did like shows at the fireside bowl and stuff like that he started putting on shows at like the turner's club and uh, this place called the third floor in elgin and so it just we didn't really do anything we just kind of showed up and they had already laid the the groundwork for us to just kind of jump in. But by that time, um, I mean, it was getting so big that we like at the third floor, they had to like sometimes like stop shows or, or like at least warn people not to jump because they thought people were going to be oh, wow. coming through the floor. I remember a couple uh smoking Pope shows that they were like, like I was seriously afraid I was going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, I, yeah, it's just, uh, I think that just being, seeing like, like I remember going to a Smoking Pope show when I was like 15 or 16 years old, maybe 15 probably. And I, I just remember being like, oh yeah, I can, I can play like that. I can play in a band like that. Like these guys are normal dudes who just rule at their instruments and, and they're such good songwriters. I'm like, why can't I do that? And I think that's that was kind of like everybody just tried to be in a band at that point, and then some of us, you know, did better than others. But it was it was a, such an awesome scene. And you guys had a talented band, and both Slapstick and Tuesday at that time. I mean, the bands that came out of that like were just wild, like <laughs> Lawrence Arms and Broadways and. I mean, you even had uh, what's his name went to the less than Jake, right? <laughs> like, yeah, Pete, yeah, yeah. Really, like slapstick was weird because um, I was in a band with Matt, uh, the guitar player from Slapstick, 
and that was a band called Slugbug. Um, um, and then we played a show where we saw, um, we played with Brendan Kelly's band. Um, and then we were like, that guy is pretty amazing. And we, we were already, I think we had already like, we were, we were like kind of playing around with Sky a little bit and we were like, we should start this. I I'm probably wrong about the timeline a little bit. I have the worst memory, but uh, we basically just went to me and Matt just went to shows and then would find like the best people we could find and just be like, Hey, you want to play in our band? And so we did that with Dan Andriano and Brendan. And then, uh, you know, I've been friends with Pete for a super long time. And then Jason Flax is probably my oldest friend. I've known him forever. And so we just kind of put it all together and yeah, it's like the musicianship in that band is insane. Uh, I was probably so, the worst musician out of everybody, but <laughs> I was just hanging on for the rest. As someone who hasn't heard a lot of <laughs> a lot of that that uh, '90s Chicago sound that you guys are are currently talking about, as the the third wheel, so to speak, how would you describe that sound? Um, I think it's it's uh, kind of it's all very like in my opinion, just like really hard heading or hard hitting melodic. Um, I don't know. I was like mainly focused on melody and like energy, I think, uh, nice. but it's, it's hard to describe. Like all my bands were so different that, you know, really, I mean, we were just, there were so many different style bands playing together, but we all seemed to fit together like uh, pretty well. We played with Apocalypse Hoboken all the time amazing band sounded nothing like us um band called the mishuganas that we played with a ton sounded nothing like us we played with the popes a couple times nothing like us uh so it's it's just but but at the time it just felt right you just played with your friends bands and then you know and then yeah just uh shows started getting bigger and bigger and then brian moved to chicago brian peterson moved to chicago and started doing Shows at the Fireside Bowl and just brought us all with him. Screeching so then, Weasel. What? Screeching Weasel, Jay, Jay says. Oh, yeah, Screeching Weasel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I don't think most of the bands from, like, the suburbs sounded like Screeching Weasel. Like, the Screeching Weasel just, I think, just... I loved Screeching Weasel, but I think they were just trying to sound like the Ramones or something like that. So we didn't we didn't know what we were supposed to sound like, so we just sounded like ourselves. Yeah, same with like uh, Naked Raygun and stuff. Like they they didn't sound like you guys and the this the the Chicago sound that we're talking about. Like, but they were, you know, what people might think of as Chicago sound. Yeah. So the suburb thing is. I mean, those bands are awesome. We just again sounded nothing like any of those. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird. Like I think people would say the Chicago sound is more like Screeching Weasel and like Naked Raygun, yeah. Peg Boy, like. Just kind of super melodic, hard hitting, aggressive pop punk, I think. Yeah. So when it comes to slapstick, you guys kind of unceremoniously just kind of like ended. That was, that's weird. <laughs> like, you guys, it's cool that you, like, because you guys are all still like friends and like there was no like drama, at least there was no public facing drama. 
like I mean, it was like it, it, basically it comes down to about half the band kind of not really wanting to play ska that much anymore. And some of us were just like just having fun doing what we were doing and, you know, playing these shows that were pretty decent size and, you know, just having fun writing these fun songs that people seem to like. Um, so I think uh, at, at some point, you know, <clears throat> like Brendan would bring a song to practice that was just straight punk rock song no like hints of sky or anything like that and i mean we were like reluctant to just do that because we we had horn players we had other people like it just we were just like you know so we didn't make him feel like he was probably he was contributing but we were just like kind of pushing his songs aside kind of so it's probably our me my fault maybe mad a little bit but we, i mean after after you know after that happened enough then he was just like well i'm gonna just me and dan are gonna go start a different band and that's that's how it was so but yeah i love those guys they're still my very close friends and our next tour was slapstick and broadways together oh yeah so, okay. <laughs> so we it's not like we weren't gonna hang out we just wanted to play different types of music so yeah. And then Tuesday wasn't sky anyway, so right. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> um and then you guys have reunited a couple times too, even like yeah, which is also weird. <laughs> like well, it was so Brendan called us one time because his buddy um his buddy's family was having a really rough time. I think like uh one of his buddy's brothers had gotten in some kind of like had gotten like killed in some kind of stray bullet gang warfare kind of thing. And so we were trying to, that was the first time we got together was try to make as much money for that family so that they could move out of the, where they were. Cause it was just kind of dangerous. And so we did that. And then um, for the Asian man uh, reunion, we got back together too, um, like way later. Okay. Um. <laughs> I like totally just blanked. <laughs> yeah, no problem. He loved your answer that much. Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> I think it was the Asian Man 15 year anniversary that we got back together. Okay, so I've heard Asian Man over and over and over again, and I'm sure what I'm imagining is not the reality. So, what is Asian Man? Uh, well, he is literally an Asian man who uh, has a record label. Uh, Mike Park, he uh, he basically, his band came to and uh, my band Slapstick played with his band and uh, at the Metro, I believe, and he was he was deciding to kind of start his own label at the point, or at that point, and then asked if we wanted to put out a record with him, and I think maybe Less Than Jake was before us, and then us, or we were the one of the first bands on Asian Man. But it was actually called Dill Records at the time, and then we, uh, then he he took it over where he was running it by himself, and so we he embraced his heritage. Yeah. (laughs) The amazing thing about Asian Man is that he started it in his mom's garage, and it still runs today, like thirty something years later, more Mm -hmm. maybe. (laughs) Uh, 
in his mom's garage and i think it expanded to her basement or something but like yeah that's pretty amazing <laughs> it is and, awesome over there yeah and mike park is just an awesome dude like i i don't think anybody could ever say anything bad about that guy also hilarious. I, I can say a couple things. Oh, you can. <laughs> you know a lot better. Dish. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so on on the as the uh, as slapstick kind of ended, sort of unceremoniously publicly, um, Tuesday that came next, kind of didn't end. It just stopped. Um. Well. So. Matt uh, decided he was going to go to law school. And so his focus was not on the band anymore. And I had started playing with uh, Duvall and uh, um, Dan was playing with Alkaline Trio. So we all just kind of got pulled our different ways. And um, yeah, that's pretty much how it ended. <laughs> cool. I would, I would, uh, I would definitely, we've, we've talked about possibly playing shows every once in a while but it's just so hard everybody's has families now and uh tuesday's one, those, tuesday's one of those bands where like every year when people start speculating about who riot fest is going to reunite like i always hear tuesday pop up <laughs> uh we've talked to them a couple times but it just never worked out uh you need to work that out man <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i could play that those songs anymore <laughs> they're amazing it's so that long freewheeling is such a great album Thank you. <laughs> um, did, did, so I do remember hearing that you guys were recording a second album or working on a second album before you guys kind of fizzled. Stopped. Was that a... I mean, we recorded a, a EP that never was released. Um, it was a four-song EP that we just didn't like the way it sounded when it, when it was finished. And then uh, we liked the songs a lot, but we just... Uh, that's when we just stopped playing. So we never really did anything with it. So it's, it's recorded. It's out there. I think Dan at one point uh, got the tapes and tried to remix it and stuff. And I don't know if it'll ever come out, but the songs are good. I remember, um, I want to say one a unreleased track came out on some comp at some point later. Oh, I have um, no idea. Okay. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> I can't that up. The question Eric is dying to ask, but isn't willing to do it, is who does he have to suck off to get uh, to get access to that album, to that EP? Oh, I'll, I'll give it to you. You can have it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a date, folks. <laughs> he just he just swiped right on this shit. Great. Uh, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Dude, that wasn't a bad album at all, actually. <laughs> the Tuesday stuff. <laughs> okay, good. That's what I'd love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another band that uh, you were in that was, I don't know if it's short-lived or if I just missed some stuff, but uh, Rapids was some, some pretty great stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you. That, uh, that band was... Um, just uh, me and my buddy John, we, we'd been wanting to play in a band together forever. Uh, John Perrin, who plays with Josh Cater. And amazing all. drummer. <laughs> Super awesome drummer, but he's also amazing guitar player. <laughs> he's he's a sick musician all the way around. But oh, he's one of those assholes, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's good he's, at too much stuff. 
Yeah, he's he's just part of him. He started playing music when he was like eight years old or something stupid like that. He now he's like twelve. But... Yeah, he, he he was playing live shows with his dad's band when he was like too small to really fit a drum set. But he he's he's an incredible guitarist. But we had been trying to find a reason to play, and there was this guy Mike Petricelli who was um, who was playing in this band called Dead End Days, and they were awesome as well. But we kind of like were like, hey, you should stop playing with that band and play with us. Or we, I don't know if we said stop playing with that band, but we, we were like, you should come play with us too. And then I think the result was that that band kind of withered a little bit. But um, I think he's doing some stuff under that name again, which is, I just heard a song the other day that's just amazing. Sounds like, uh, sounds like uh, David Bazan meets uh, uh, Kings of Convenience. It's, it's really, really good. Um, but anyway... Then uh, our buddy Rob, who played, who's played in a bunch of bands with, with John at that point, uh, he's an amazing bass player. So that was another band that, like, I feel like I walk into these situations where everybody else is just killer musicians, and I just like, I guess I'm here. I'm gonna play with you guys. <laughs> like I've been very, very lucky in my life. Yeah, it's it's, uh, and that band was really awesome. And then uh, Mike ended up like just kind of having some personal stuff where he just wasn't into playing as much. And, but I'm glad to hear that he's kind of back into it now. There's, I've seen a lot of that, like, uh, especially um, people that like people that we know from like the early two thousands that were doing stuff, like all of a sudden in the last couple of years have started popping stuff out again, like um, watching Tom, Tom Daly new stuff. Is oh just my goodness. Like, yeah. Uh, I was like, so so excited to hear that. Yeah, it's like his, some of his best stuff. Like he played with Rapids too. Sometimes when we would oh, really? like, tour or something like that, or or we would have shows where John couldn't play, he would sit in. So that was awesome to be able to do that too. He's yeah. I love John or uh, Tom Daly. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Get him on here too. When you look back on all the different bands that you've played with and and uh, been a part of. Is it uh, like, do you look back and you go, oh, they're like my children. I don't have a favorite. Or you're like, no, oh, fuck no. That, that's my favorite or, or I like these couple or. Uh, I mean, every piece, every band was different in a way, but my favorite band I've ever been in is Colossal. It's uh, it was probably the most challenging. It's like, I, I like when I'm watching the other people in that band play, I'm always just like what the fuck is going on? Like you guys are so talented. Every little um, piece of listening to Colossal sounds beautiful. Like, yeah, no, it's like Pat Ford, the singer songwriter, guitar player is like, he, I just listened to him. He, like he'll just send me a, a demo of a song that he's writing. And every single time I'm like, well, you should release this without anybody else. This is so beautiful. <laughs> like putting a drums and bass and stuff on this is going to ruin it. I, he sent a probably like six demos to us a couple years ago. And we, we actually got together and recorded and like figured out parts and recorded all that stuff for demo. So we, we have about half of a record done, but two of the songs that he sent, I was just like, I don't think we should put anything else on here. Just, he plays like a classical acoustic guitar and just, him and vocals it's like it's incredible that's like that's kind of how i feel about like so much of the so many of the bands that i've been in like josh caterer and duval like 
I'm just sitting here like, well, this is crazy that I'm even sitting here playing with this guy. Like, you know, just, uh, I mean, just so many people, uh, you know, through, through the years, uh, it's, it's been crazy. So I was, I was heavily involved with Duval. Um, yeah. And I don't even know, like, I guess, well, I'm assuming that you picked up for Mike, um, like, cause you knew them well enough from playing Mike opened for the Duval a lot and you drummed with them. So you guys toured together. Yep. So I was going to ask you how you, how you actually fell into that band, but I mean, therefore, uh, so, uh, I had like the slapstick Tuesday and stuff. We'd played with the popes quite a bit over the years. And so Josh called me one day and said that Mike was quitting Duval and said, asked me if I wanted to come try out for the band. And I was like, to be honest, nah, <laughs> I, was like, I don't, I don't really want to try out. I would love to play with you guys, but like, I don't want to be part of some like tryout thing. And he was just like, all right, you're in the band. <laughs> that was it. I just, I, he, he had seen me play enough that he was just like, you know, it's fine. It'll, it'll, if it doesn't work, I'm sure we, they would just kick me out, but they were just like, they put the enough faith in me, but I felt like that's the only way it could work is if like, I was on equal footing with those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't come in being like, I'm the guy who tried out for this band. <laughs> so, and then like, it was, I mean, it was magical. Like I, I just remember, cause I was such a huge Pope's fan getting to like write songs with those guys. And um, just, uh, I just remember some of my favorite times in my life were on Duval tours when we would, after the shows get hotel rooms and I would be like, I'm going to, I'm going to room with Josh. And then I would just be like, Josh, go get your acoustic guitar and play songs for me. <laughs> and then I would just, he would just like play songs and we'd just hang out in the hotel room and he'd just play songs. And like, it's just amazing. I had uh, one time in the studio, uh, it was when they were doing that, the thick oil comp. Um, yeah. I sat, I was downstairs with Josh and I was just like, can you play Don't Be Afraid? <laughs> like, he just pulled out his guitar and started playing. Yeah. It was just, he's I awesome. think it was the first thing I did with them is the thick oil thing. That place was interesting. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so for, for anybody that doesn't know, um, Josh and uh, Duval at that time was Josh Caterer and Eli Caterer. Um, so, you, I mean, Eli Caterer is probably one of the top guitarists. That, well, actually, both of them are like, couple of the top guitarists that i've like experienced i think yeah he yeah i think josh is josh has like a like they balance each other perfectly as far as guitar players in the same band they uh josh has this kind of more fluid and more like i don't know it, it shouldn't it's not expected but just more like melody driven maybe uh mm -hmm. guitar work solo stuff and then eli comes in and plays something that you're like i don't know about that but then like after you've heard it like three times you're like that's maybe the coolest thing i've ever heard yeah. <laughs> it works it's just not what you were expecting and then then josh comes ripping in usually with his solos and you're just like mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna just sit back here and watch you guys yeah that had to be really pretty well i guess you maybe you aren't intimidated by that anymore but like like, jo like Josh's 
like lyrically he's like one of the tops for me um and being an old, old school popes fan i'm sure it's similar for you so that that had to be pretty yeah. wild it was never intimidating um i mean i just like it's, it's for me like music has never been like about anything other than just relationships and uh just like playing music with people i love and you know want to write music with so like to me it was just like an opportunity to play with somebody i uh, like really or those guys like i really respected um so it's, it wasn't ever intimidating at all it was more just like this is super fun right now <laughs> it's just like i mean think about it if like who's your favorite comic book artist um mine probably uh greg capullo who what does he do uh, he was a batman artist okay uh, done a number now, of other things. Now, now think about if you got to like ink his stuff or something i would never touch that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like that would be fun but, that would be embarrassing but if he called you and was like i love your stuff yeah right come and work with me like yeah. you know it's uh it was yeah it was always just super fun and you know, always reciprocal. Like, you know, I think he thought I was a good drummer and uh, he's a great guitar player, lyricist. He wrote probably one of the greatest songs of all time and pretty pathetic. So yeah, that's that song. And, and, and the thing that's always sucked when I, when I played with the Popes was that at that point he had like, he had altered the arrangement so that, pretty much I didn't get to play on any of it. <laughs> but oh. I got to ha hear him like perform almost the full song uh, by just watching. So that was nice. But when I had uh, Josh on our show, I, we talked about him doing like four songs during it. It was before Christmas and hearing Josh sing any Christmas music is like one of my favorite things oh, like yeah. the last couple decades. So, yeah, I um, but I had asked him to sing pretty pathetic and he was like, no, that sounds such a downer, <laughs> I was like, but it's such a great downer. <laughs> oh man. It's like the, the whole twist in that song is like brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So on the subject of um, smoking popes, then so Duval kind of ended and the popes came back and you were there. Yeah, so I, I remember I was working in Woodfield Mall at the Apple Store at the time, and uh, Josh called me and he said, hey, uh, I'm going to be up at Woodfield. Do you want to get lunch with me when I'm up there? I'm like, yeah, just uh, come on in and then I'll take my lunch. So we went to some like really weird, I can't even remember what restaurant it was, but he said uh, he was just like, the Popes are getting back together. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was so psyched because that's like one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. And then he's like, but uh, Mike is not going to do it. Uh, do you want to play drums? And I was like, well, let me call Mike first. Oh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, I, I, of course, I wanted to, but I also wanted to make sure I was respecting Mike. And uh, so he was fine with it. And then years later uh neil was playing with the popes neil hennessy and uh i had forgotten that he played with them he's he was he was amazing in that band he's always amazing but <laughs> he uh i guess he was out of town or something with lawrence arms 
and wasn't able to play. So they called me to see if I would fill in for the Pope show. And I was like, I mean, I'll do it, but you guys should see if Mike will do it. Mm. And he's like, well, I haven't really talked to him a long time. I'm like, well, you should call him. I just talked to him recently and I think he'd be open to doing it. And I think that would be amazing if you guys got back together. And uh, so then they talked and worked it out and, now he's back with them and that, you know, the, everything they've done since has been amazing. I think. Yeah. You gotta, sure. you gotta respect a guy who loves the music enough to talk himself out of a job. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, it's like if you had a chance to get back together, your favorite band of all time, yeah, you would do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my, Okay, it's not probably my favorite band of all time, but it's one of my top five, I would probably say. And I knew from talking to Mike that he was open to it, and they hadn't really talked to each other for so long, and that was the only reason they weren't getting back together. So awkwardness. So bad though, because Neil was I basically kicked Neil out of the band. (laughs) (laughs) But he's been fine, I think. Yeah, he's fine. (laughs) He's had some. He's had some awesome projects of his own. Yeah. So, um, Colossal, how you talked about them a bit, but how did they, how did that form? Like, where did, so again, it was Jason Flax who was, uh, who was in slapstick, uh, early on and he quit because he went to, he went to college and got his teaching degree and stuff like that, but he was in slapstick as well. So we, and again, I've known him since seventh grade. We've been super close friends since he was in my first band of all time, animal crackers in seventh grade. Um, But we, uh, we wanted to start a band uh, with Pat Ford, um, who was in that band flowers with, uh, with Dan Andriano um, and uh, just killer songwriter singer. um, And uh, so we started playing together and then we got our buddy Jeff Foyt, who is uh, just an old friend of mine. I'd, I've known him since kindergarten, actually, but we had kind of just not talked for a super long time. Then he moved back into town, and we we're I was I didn't even know if he played bass still. He played in a band called uh, I can't even remember what the band was called, something like Violent Yard Sale or something like that. Um, but they they were like soup. They were like a high school like super aggressive like. Uh, punk band but i was like you should come play with us so he came and played and that's how we started and then uh um he quit at some point and then we got uh um we got some other people but uh it was yeah that's how it formed basically just old friends wanting to start something not knowing where it would go but it was it's super fun so who is colossal now Colossal right now is um, me, uh, Neil Hennessy, Patrick Ford, and Jason Flax. I remember. Uh, I don't remember which, where it was. Maybe Bottom Lounge. Yeah, probably. Um, you guys did the dueling drums on stage. I don't know how. Did you guys do that a lot? I only... Yeah. So okay. we it it happened a lot because we toured with Lawrence Arms one time and. Uh, I think we just like at some point, Neil, I was like, you should set your drum set up on stage and you should come up and play this one song with us. Uh, And then 
as we he had his drum set up there anyway. So then we just started like he was watching and then he would be like, OK, I can play on this song, too. And then pretty soon, by I think by the end of the tour, he was playing on almost every song. And then uh, <laughs> the best part is ever is we did a tour to Canada and the last show before the we came back across the border was in uh, Ontario, um, London, Ontario. Uh, and, uh, we, uh, we played like, we were going to play for like two people and, uh, we, we had just bought like a ton of grass and we couldn't take it over the the border. So we just, we smoked a ton of weed right before we played. And then we were going to get in the van and just drive home after it. And, uh, we get on stage and I'm like, I don't know how to play these songs. I totally blanked. I like could not like, and the best thing ever though, is Neil was sitting right next to me on his drum set and knew all the songs. So just like, he just would just start the song and then I would be like, Oh yeah, I would remember and just kind of jump. in. But it was like the scariest moment of my life. I was like, I'm not going to smoke after that. I don't think I smoked for like two years. <laughs> That's amazing. So you have two, so Colossal still has two drummers, or is Neil? Uh, no, so Neil plays bass now. Okay, he's playing. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, so it's just a four piece, but um, we've talked about if we do end up uh, playing another show at some point, um, we're gonna have Neil jump back on drums sometimes and have some of the older bass players come up and play when it's you know songs that they wrote. So. <laughs> Eli Caterer was in that band too, wasn't it? Eli played bass. Our my buddy Chris Perrin played bass. We've had an again another band loaded with like killer musicians that I'm just kind of like, e. <laughs> I'll just I'll just hang back here and just hide while these guys go off. Um, that band, uh, a lot of the drum parts uh, were like kind of like I, I would Pat would bring a guitar part that I would just be like, I don't even know what to play. Like, this is so crazy. And he'd be like, play something like this. And so he would suggest a lot of things. And then I would kind of, you know, flesh them out a little bit, but he wrote like a ton of like parts for the full length. Well, welcome to problems. He wrote like a ton of the drum parts. So yeah, he's talented. Yeah. It's, it shows like musically that band is just beautiful. Like, those those tracks are what about like physically i mean it, you know <laughs> he by the calendar <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing this for a while now huh like a good uh yeah my i, I... I think I started playing in bands when I was in seventh grade, which was, I don't even know. I don't even know how long ago that it was. Um, it's gotta be over 30 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like 32, 33 years. Now I haven't been as active lately, but my new thing is that uh, I'm going to try to release some solo stuff. That's just all me playing everything. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Like I, I intended it to sound more like, uh, like, um, like kind of like, uh, why am I blanking right now? 
like dinosaur junior kind of stuff, but less more like riffy, but like not as solo-y because I can't. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. And then I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, well, we've talked about it. We haven't done anything yet, but me and, uh, Chris Perrin who played bass in, um, Colossal and then John Perrin who played guitar in Rapids, uh, we've been talking about getting together and just doing drums and two bass players and no vocals, uh, doing something like that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. It'll be something new for me. We've never done anything like that, so it should be fun though. And we haven't we haven't really talked about it all, but the you've done backing vocals on things too. Like that's singing actually is not outside of your realm being Yeah, but it's I, every band I've ever been in, it's it's almost been like a reluctant thing. Like everybody like I grew up going to church and singing like a cappella four part harmony all the like all the time. <laughs> And so I just knew how to do it and I knew how to create like counter melodies and harmonies and stuff. So it just, by default, it would, I would end up singing on stuff, but like later on, like if you've, you'll notice, like I barely do it in Colossal. I didn't do it in Lord at all. I just, I was like, let me just play drums. (laughs) Like, leave me alone. (laughs) I did a lot of vocals, background vocals for Duval. Yeah. I remember that. That's what made me think about that. That was that was super fun because Josh is such an amazing singer. It just seemed like, and and before even that, I, I would listen to Pope's records and I would make up my own like harmonies for all the songs anyway. So I'm like, I could sing with this guy. <laughs> Did you sing with him in the hotel room? Nah, no. Nah. <laughs> just, just <back> and watched. <laughs> it was. It, I just. I mean, I don't know how much that happened, but. Yeah. Happened a couple times, and it was like maybe one of the coolest memories I've had. I was gonna ask you if in your uh, thirty-something years now, like what would you what would be a standout moment on stage for you? Um, or backstage, I guess. I mean, <laughs> probably one of the the coolest things ever was going to. I played with uh, um, the teachers, uh for a Japan tour and a Europe tour and uh, in the Japan playing those shows uh, there's like the crowds and stuff over there are insane. They like loved it so much. And then afterwards we would just get done playing. And like, usually we'd play a club that had like a full like shower and like really nice backstage area. So we'd, I would just like quickly go backstage shower get dressed and then go out and like basically shake the hand of every single person who came to the show. <laughs> like as they're walking out, it was amazing. It's, it's a totally different experience, but it was, it was incredible. That's one thing for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything in the States. Some of the shows that Tuesday played on the, our, one of our East coast tours. Um, we played in New Jersey one time that was like, I don't even know what it was, but I felt like that was the first time or one of the only times in my life where I was like the the show we play. I, I don't know if people even knew our music, but like it was like one of the only times where we walked in there and we had been playing so much together. It we was just such a machine that we just like got on. We, there wasn't even a stage. It was just a floor of like a, 
some kind of lodge that we were playing and just the crowd was surrounding us and there are pictures of that show, but it was like, it was like an explosion of like fun and like music. And like, I've never felt like that on stage before. It was, it was pretty incredible. Like everybody was like so into it and we were so into it and it was incredible. I can't, I can't remember who we played with. They're, the bands we played with, I know, went on to be like super huge, but I can't remember who it was. I'm gonna throw you a weird question because there's been so many like well thought out questions. Why not just like fuck with your head and give you a weird one? Yeah. But if if you could play one song for any band, kind of like a uh, from Field of Dreams, that Moonlight Graham moment where he got he got that one up to bat, so. If you could play one song with any band out there, what do you? Who do you think you choose, and 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 maybe even what song if you can think about it? Um, that is a good question. That's a tough. Oh, one. good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is either going to be a stupid question or he's going to enjoy it a lot. So good. I'm glad. Oh my goodness! Uh, you see, was... this one you should have smoked for. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Wait for his answer first. I don't want to influence. Um, I would say I. I mean, probably I would. I would want to play with Black Sabbath. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of a song I'd like to play. I don't know. Some something with Black Sabbath or or Zeppelin. I would love to play with those guys. From the sounds of it, because of all the different instruments that you're used to having worked with and whatnot. I actually think you do really good on something like the wizard. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm also the drummer who I know, like even in my own bands, I'll be like, they'll hand me a set list and I'll be like, what's that song? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that song is titled. I know how I, they'll be like, it goes like this. And then I'll be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. The wizard is the one with the harmonica. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's how I've become now. I used to know song names and now like they don't matter. I'll I'll skip through, I'll look on Spotify or whatever and I'll be like, oh, what's that one? And I'll play it and there'll be something I've listened to for like twenty something years and I don't I don't know the names yeah, anymore. <laughs> I mean who listens? I mean, there are people like my wife who she knows every word to like every one of her favorite songs or like tons and tons of songs. And I'll be like I guess maybe it's just because I'm a drummer. I'm not paying attention to the vocalist or something like that. I'm paying attention to the instruments or something. But I like I don't know any lyrics to any songs at all. Maybe the Super Bowl Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. All right, hit us with the Super Bowl Shuffle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I could probably sing the whole thing through. <laughs> I, I did just I have the uh, 45 of it and I, I played it playing it the other day for uh, my wife and my 10 year old daughter. And they were both like, you're stupid. <laughs> Stop playing that song and singing it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You're, you're not a dad if you haven't embarrassed the crap out of oh, your no. kid. So good for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten to the point where I've had experiences with my son out in public where he's like, dad. I'm like, oh, you are getting older. <laughs> <laughs> oh. At some point, you'll embrace it. 
<laughs> hey, listen, I've I've already I'm I'm in, I've been embarrassing my friends and uh, family forever, so I'm good. <laughs> oh. Well, anything, Chuck? I'm uh, I'm kind of fresh out. <laughs> You're out of questions. Yeah, out of prepared questions. <laughs> 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 I thought we okay. were talking about comic books. Yeah, well, so you want to talk Archie some? Sure. <laughs> well, okay. Well, what kind of do you have? Archie are you a comic guy? Like, no. <laughs> I, I, uh, as a kid, so my parents were very religious, and they basically were like, "You, we don't have TV in the house, um, but we have this huge box of. <clears throat> I don't even know where we got it. We we got this." all these Archie comics, like hundreds of Archie comics from somebody. And uh, we would just sit around for hours devouring Archie comics. Like there was like a ton of Archie comics and Richie Rich comics. Um, But like you guys are all a totally different breed of comic fan. I'm sure that was like just the, the kind of stuff I was into. I don't. I actually don't think that's necessarily a fair statement because, yeah, of course we've evolved beyond it. But I think for me, that was a lot of my origin too. Is that as a young kid, um, I would read almost anything I can get my hands on, and yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, Rich, yeah. Rich Casper, yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, of course Archie's as well, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I totally feel you. And and often if you went over to somebody's house, and and uh, the parents had comics out that was the one that they would they'd be like oh we have this or it would be harder to find marvel if you found marvel it was already inside like an older brother's bedroom or something like that you know what i mean like that's yeah. where you found the good comics but if there was comics out like uh for everybody to enjoy yeah it was usually stuff like that the um, best I, the best uh, uh archie comics though i always loved them was the ones where they were superheroes uh, like they did like only a handful of them but like they were, those were the best. See, my comic is kind of like a punk rock Archie comic. Like it's very high school yeah. kids and. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did start it. So like I, I don't really collect comics or anything like that. But when they came out with the, the Archie, uh, Afterlife. Oh. Uh, did you see those? Yeah, I never read them. I work on that stuff was so killer. Uh, what what is that guy's name? Victor uh, or Double V? I, I don't know. I can't remember his name right now. But his his artwork is so killer, and I I bought all those. That's the last thing I bought as far as comics. Is that the one where they went really realistic? It's just uh, it's like Archie meets uh, zombies. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really cool. I did pick up a book last year. I picked up um, a trade paperback that had a bunch of like they, it was Archie meets the Ramones was one of them. So I picked it up for that, but I haven't actually read it yet. So it's been I've seen that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I I'm like, oh yeah, these are awesome. I don't think I've I read like the first like probably like five and then collected the rest of them, but I they stopped doing it. I was uh, bummed. No, well, I didn't read the rest of them. Who's got time? You just no, buy is, stuff to buy stuff. That is true. I I have I buy more comics and books than I read for sure. Yeah. <laughs> really frustrating. <laughs> I know. I my uh, wife gave me like two or three books for 
my birthday slash Christmas slash Valentine's Day gifts. And they're all awesome books, but I'm just like, I still haven't even cracked any of them. Yeah, I get off work and I'm like, I'm going to just lay down and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so, there's, there's so much entertainment content coming from like every angle now. Like there's like, there's shows that I want to watch that I'll, I never get to. And I totally forget about now. Like, and then two years later, I'm like, Oh, I forgot. I wanted to watch that. Like but they're just constantly coming out. So it's, it's impossible. My wife just started watching, uh, um, Law and Order uh, SVU. Oh, I used to watch that. <laughs> but she started at the beginning, and oh. she's just been going through every episode. I think she's like on like season 11 or 12 at this point. But she's been, I mean, it's taken her like several months to get to this point. <laughs> but it's, it's insane. I'm like, I don't have that patience. I'm like, it's got to be like a, I'm like into like the, uh, like all the Disney plus like Marvel stuff and like yeah. the star Wars stuff, the, the Mandalorian stuff like that stuff I can handle. Cause it's like six episodes long and then I'm right. like, I can rest. <laughs> yeah. We've been, uh, we've been watching through the walking dead from the beginning. I started watching it with my girlfriend so she can catch up. But like, I think we, in a matter of a couple months, we made it to like season four, but like, and I was looking and I was like, I only watched a few seasons of Fear of the Walking Dead, and I don't know they're on like they're on like seven or eight now. So I told her I was like, when we finish this, we still have like almost an equal amount to watch after that of other yeah. Walking Dead content. There's just like so much. That was a killer comic as well. My buddy actually yeah. collected every single episode, and then right when it came out, he sold all of them for like a ton of money. Uh -huh. uh, and then, but I remember the artwork is so cool on that stuff too. Yeah, that was a cool series. I've only, I think I checked out like the first like 50 or something. I've been buying the collections, but I've been buying them. I haven't been reading them. So, well, I got a question for you, you comic nerds. Um, what's your, what's your, like, what's the comic that if you could afford it, you would buy? The one comic that you guys want more than any other comic or book. Whatever for me, it's an, for me it's an easy one because I I grew up. Uh, Fantastic Four was like my entry into comics, and um, I have always wanted the first issue, but I will never pay four grand for a comic book. Or that's incorrect, Chuck. <laughs> that's incorrect. I love that you're wrong. You know, it's, it's not I had <laughs> I had three, and one of them I actually won in a twenty dollar poker game. So that one's off of the list. So well, okay. now it was Giant Size X-Men number one. I'm a huge X fan. Okay. And so now it would have to be Hulk 181 so that I could get the first appearance of Wolverine. All right. Yeah. That is also incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it Archie number one? <laughs> well, I don't or know, but both of those are wrong. I, I can tell you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> If it could be of all time, I guess you could just get like the first Superman and then sell that one and afford yeah, all yeah, the rest there of you them. <laughs> what do you guys what did you guys think of Moon Knight, the series? I loved it. Yeah. I'm an old school. I didn't Moon watch Knight, it yet. Though. Oh, you haven't watched it? No. There it's was... uh, I, I really liked it. It got like weird at the end, I thought, but I was like 
I, I could see if I knew anything about it at all, it would probably be really awesome what was happening. But I just like the end was like that twist at the end. I can't wait for the new season though. I think that's gonna be cool. Yeah. The yeah, so, actually the so like the twist at the end was something I was waiting for the whole series. Right, because uh, you knew. Yeah. And I was kind of disappointed that it didn't happen. But then when that at the very end, and then that happened, I was like, oh shit, next season's gonna be awesome. By the way, this is an awesome conversation for uh for people listening right now. We're not really saying anything. <laughs> that's where i'm at right now i'm like i don't know my moon knight that well i don't know what the twist is what it could be but i i'm glad that you guys are talking like that because i do intend on watching it but moon knight yeah he wasn't one of those characters that i'd ever gravitated toward or been interested in so since since you haven't read the comics um like moon knight has various personalities yeah and um there's one like if you read the comics, there's one that like throughout the series you're waiting for, and oh, you so. just pretty much ruined it for everybody. Just but not if they if they know anything about what, what I just thought, you ruined it. I'll go back in and put a spoiler alert on the podcast. <laughs> Once again, your answer is wrong. <laughs> Listen for an hour and then stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the. At the very beginning. No, I my my favorite of all the Marvel stuff that's come out is the the I love all the street level stuff like the Punisher. Yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil was killer. Yeah, I'm super psyched that they're bringing Daredevil back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was like, I, I didn't think I would like Jessica Jones that much, and I started yeah. watching. I really like it. The first season was really great. Yeah. The second one was all right. And then the third one, I didn't even finish. I think it's the only thing I didn't finish from that whole I, set. So I, you know what? I'm, I started watching, uh, well, what's the one where they combine all of them? The 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 war- yeah. I, I haven't finished that, but I've watched pretty much everything else. That one it was fine. Great. Yeah. It wasn't great, but like, I like the characters enough that they got me through it. Yeah. I would I would say that the the nice thing about it actually was that seeing um, Iron Fist and um, Luke Cage together made me enjoy Iron Fist a little bit more. I was like, I would actually watch a yeah. second season of Iron Fist, but Iron maybe Fist. maybe make sure Luke is in there. Like, yeah, well, Iron Fist was in an episode of um, Luke Cage in uh, season two. Um, oh, okay, so that was that was awesome. Yeah, I was. I was wanting that team up like that whole time. Yeah. Like I love that comic. What Iron Fist? There was a Iron Fist and Heroes uh, for Hire. Yeah, Heroes for Hire. It was okay. uh, the two of them together in a series for oh, okay for a long time and maybe late seventies, early eighties. There was a recent series that was really fun too. But yeah, they were they were a great team. Yeah. How come Luke Cage doesn't wear his uh, costume ever? <laughs> he did in that. Flash you have that one episode. <laughs> it was I hilarious. was like, oh, I know why. Yeah. <laughs> it became pretty obvious why on that one. <laughs> it was pretty amazing though. <laughs> no, those are those are my favorites. Better than I like those all better than I like like the you know Spider-Man and like all that stuff. I love the Spider-Man stuff, but yeah, it's that stuff to me is the Punisher. I, I want that back so bad. I wish they would keep on going with that. Yeah, John Bernthal, Bernthal, yeah. Bernthal, 
whatever. He's great. Like, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah. But hey, we get to we get Daredevil back. That's good. Yeah, I'm wondering if, if they'll bring anybody else into that too. Like there's all kinds of like little like I, I really know. hope they don't bring She Hulk into it. <laughs> like aren't they dating or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Well they were uh they were banging. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm further. What did you guys think of She Hulk? I thought it was fun. I was didn't watch that one yet either. <laughs> the one the one the you know what I would have loved is if they that one episode where they did it kind of like retro like 70s where it wasn't cgi they just had like a larger oh. woman play she hulk <laughs> that was killer that's what i wanted i wanted i wanted it to feel like the hulk tv show that i lit, watched when i was young one of my favorite parts was when they redid the the intro um for the hulk as her as her that was amazing yeah that's what i'm talking about the, okay, just yeah, that little piece yeah they did it like the retro style and i was like why did they not do this for the whole thing? It would have been so much better. They could have, and they they could have done that too, like, and not even done like a full series if they wanted. Like that. Did you guys watch Werewolf by Night? Yeah, that was cool. That was great. Yeah, yeah, it was so wild. Can you tell I only I sit around and watching TV now instead of playing music. <laughs> My wife's always like, I don't even think you play music. I think you lied to me. <laughs> she saw me play one show with Rapids, and then I never played again. I'm like, just because I want to hang out with you. She's like, right. I, don't, I don't know about that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I guess we could uh, we could wrap it up unless anybody's got any other shows they want to talk about. Anybody? Chuck, you watching anything? The Last of Us tonight. Oh, I gotta get on that. Oh, dude. I've just watched the whole thing. I haven't watched it at all. It's, I heard it's great, though. Oh, the, the, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the games, and so what, watching uh, the show has just been absolutely amazing because, of course, there's so much that you ha have to do in the game that you, you can't bring into a TV show. Right. And so watching them have to kind of attack it differently as writers and whatnot, I really appreciate that both as a writer and as a real fan of the series. So now I'm in, I, I say like, that's the one to jump on right now. It's just, it's so good. It's so well-written. Um, what, what is that on? Uh, HBO. HBO. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. That's the one. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. You're welcome. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> uh, well, Rob, thanks for joining us, man. It's of course. Great to catch up and pick your brain about uh, your last 30 years. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Every I answered some questions. <laughs> I think you did a few. <laughs> you did. Yeah, no. Rob, definitely thanks for coming out. And Ben, thanks for not showing up because I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Ben, Fuck that I'm guy. glad he wasn't here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I miss you, Ben. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea who Ben is, but he's like a nice guy. Well, well, we want to do some panel shows someday, so maybe we'll get you on a panel and you can, awesome, uh, yeah. you can meet Ben. Cool. Awesome. I'm, I'm already like, uh, you know, DMing him uh, as we speak, so <laughs> I don't know each other. Yeah, where the fuck are you guys? <laughs> All right, cool. uh, I brought my A material and you fucked around. <laughs> <laughs>
right. Thanks, Rob. I'm looking forward to uh, Colossal. Anything else you want to plug coming up at all? Uh, no, no, just, uh, just yeah, Colossal possibly has a, a – we've been working on that for years and years and years, and we continue to at a very slow rate. But I think uh, we all want to do it, so I think you'll probably have a new Colossal record sometime within the next five years. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> I think next year is the 20th anniversary of uh, Welcome to Problems. So. There you go. I know the EP passed us by 20 years not too long ago. So, could there be a uh, deluxe edition or anything? Is there anything floating out there that? Um, no, no. All right, we <laughs> just put out everything we wrote at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. It was all phenomenal. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I'll. Well, uh, hopefully, I'll see you again sometime in the next uh, 20 years. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks again. All right, Eric, stay on after Chuck drops. I got to talk, talk shit about him. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. staying down for that. That guy sucks. <laughs> All right, see you guys. See ya. Peace. Hey, you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later. <laughs>